All right, welcome back uh, to our State of the University address. I've not uh, been able to kind of do a, a talk like this in about six months since uh, last time we did this during the webathon at the end of our fundraising campaign in the fall. Um, uh, so and I, I know some of you have heard some of this stuff some of the time, but I wanted to make sure uh, to give an explanation of where we are. A lot of people have been asking because, of course, there have been a, a bunch of things in the news lately, right? Whether it's actually the news that is like in newspapers uh, or, um, you know, stuff that you've seen on social media about different kind of land uh, uh, landmarks that we've passed by along our journey here or uh, sort of different uh, hoops that we've made it through. So I wanted to explain where we've been, where we're going, and uh, what things are looking like right about now. So um, I'll try not to... Trying to go too long here and talking about this, but of course one does run on when one uh, 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 you know thinks about these things that uh, that that one's excited about, right? So uh, I'll try to do my best. Um, anyway, so thanks everybody uh, for you know your continued interest and support uh, for Signum University. This has been such. An amazing ride, uh, such a fun project, and something that has been so rewarding to have everybody uh, coming along with us. Um, this has just been a, a really great adventure, and it's something that's really been kind of coming home to me. Um, the more we get through the process, right? The more hoops we clear, right? The more the more obstacles we hurdle. Um, uh, the more it really comes home to me how amazing this is, this thing that we've been able to accomplish with uh, with all of your help. Um, and uh, it's been really great. I'm looking, really looking forward to this next phase, this this home stretch. Well, the home stretch of the first lap, essentially, is kind of what it is, or uh, sort of how I think about it. So let me start with just a little bit of background. Some of you will have heard some of this before, but... Um, just to kind of, again, clarify where we are. So as you will remember, last year, uh, we were going into, um, uh, we were going into the state review process, right? That was when, so when I did a similar broadcast to this last April, right? That's what I was talking about, the sort of unexpected opportunity that we had uh, to go right away into the state approval process. And that was really wonderful. It was an excellent experience. Um, really thankful to the work that the folks up at the New Hampshire Department of Education did. They're very supportive, very encouraging. Um, really just delighted by our reception in the state of New Hampshire. They were, you know, they were tough. They were fair. Um, uh, they were tough, fair, and generous. I thought it was, I thought it was really great. Um, so that process culminated Although I feel like I should put an asterisk next to the word culminated. But it culminated on the August 2nd Higher Education Committee meeting uh, when they approved our program. The asterisk is that it was a conditional approval uh, because there was one thing they needed us, they, they wanted us to do before the approval was official official. They, their approval on the program was, was definite. They definitely approved the program. There was one thing they wanted to see before they were ready like totally uh, to uh, sign off on it. And that thing was financial, basically. They're, they're, you know, it, was, it was very interesting. Their biggest, um, their biggest concern uh, there was making sure that we were... Um, well, let me actually back that up one more step. You've, you guys all probably have heard of 
colleges or universities that have gone out of business in the last few years. It's starting to be a bit of a thing in America, which doesn't shock me, um, that there have been some uh, uh, especially smaller colleges and universities that have folded um, over the last couple years. Um, we had that happen here in New Hampshire. There's actually just one right in the next town over from me, um, which is a, you know, like a, almost a hundred year old college, which, um, went under a couple years back. And that process was, um, a little ugly, uh, more than a little ugly. And there were a bunch of people left in the lurch. And, uh, so because of that, there was, that's one of the, uh, you know, one of the things which really sort of puzzled the higher education commission about Signum. We have no campus, right? So um, when there are, you know, students who need refunds or, or you know, like whatever, you know, when there are these kinds of uh, financial issues to be resolved uh, upon the dissolution of a school, you know, when a school just shuts its doors, um, one thing that normally uh, the Higher Education Commission, who is the one who's kind of the court of appeal, right? They're, they're sort of the, um, you know, their job is to make sure that the consumers here in the state are... Um, you know, getting a getting a fair shake, right, from higher education institutions. Um, so uh, anyhow, they um, they usually at least there's there's a campus, right? So there's like real estate that can be seized and then sold, and 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 the proceeds help to you know defray the issues, right, that are going on there. Signum has no assets, right? So they're looking at this and they're like, so in theory, if you guys went out of business, what would we do, right? There's, there's, you know, you guys could, you would vanish completely and there would be nothing left. Um, so, you know, we worked out, uh, it took some time to organize this. We worked out something. We have this letter of credit that we had to get and we got that. It took a while though. It was a complicated thing, just essentially so that the state could feel confident that you know, if heaven for fan something happened to Signum, you know, we we could make sure that, you know, no way, none of our students would be left in the lurch financially. Um, and that was, a, you know, was obviously a project that we're very much in support of. And we were working with them to make sure that we could work something out that would be satisfactory to everybody. Once we so once we managed to take care of that, then everything was totally officially official. So you'll remember that last month, beginning of last month, at the beginning of February, uh, just of this year, when the press release came out from the Department of Education and there were some news stories and things that were happening, if you were following us on social media, you will have seen some of those links and things that came out. That's why that, that that's the explanation for the timing behind that, because that was when finally it took a long, it was a long process kind of behind the scenes, working out the logistics of the uh, the the financial stuff the the financial security uh, that the uh, that would satisfy the Department of Education, but we finally settled all of that in January uh, and got everybody pointed in the right direction. That was one of the largest logistical challenges, actually. For uh, you know, it, you know what it reminded me of it was um, um, kind of like when. Um, Aragorn comes down from the Hornburg to talk to Legolas and Gimli after he looks into the Palantir, right? And, uh, you know, they look at him and he's all like, you know, looks weary and exhausted and everything. And they're like, you know, dude, Aragorn, what's up? And, uh, and he says, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've been through a, a struggle, which was somewhat you know, the, the worst for my part than the Battle of the Hornburg, right? The Battle of the Hornburg, right? The Battle of Helm's Deep, really big deal, right? Everyone was pretty tuckered out after, after that. Um, 
Aragorn just like sort of spent the night by himself in the tower with it. Well, with Halberd, right? Nobody knew what was going on, and he comes down and was like, "Well, that thing that I just did up there by myself was was a greater struggle for me than this than you know the battle that everybody thinks of." That was, that's, I kept thinking of that scene because the whole process of the comprehensive review and everything it was really intense, and and lots and lots of people were involved, and it was a big deal. <laughs> the process behind the scene, what I did up in the tower afterwards, you know, uh, getting that final step sorted out uh, was a struggle that was um, <laughs> sort of not in other ways like uh, Aragorn looking in. I wasn't confronting Sauron himself exactly. Uh, but uh, but anyway, it was a it was actually uh, took longer and uh, was uh, more difficult to work out in some ways than the whole rest of the process. But we got it all sorted and everything is all set now. So that's why they then went ahead uh, and uh, released their formal press release, and, and, and we got that officially, officially done. So that was one of the two things, because there are two parts to the state approval process. The first is the program approval by the Higher Education Commission. That's what was completed in August and then finally able to be ratified there in uh, February when we completed that. Um, uh, so, uh, yes, so exactly, Serena. I'm not comparing the, the Department of Education to Sauron. Besides, it wasn't even really the Department of Education that I was wrestling with. It was like banks and other financial institutions. If there's a parallel to Sauron here, that's who the, that, that's who the parallel to Sauron was, honestly. Um, but um, anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. Brandon uh, Lovesy was saying that, you know, he saw a lot of articles on this stuff and was like, hey, this isn't a new thing. Exactly. That's why I know that that was there. There were there were ways in which um, it was it was it was kind of weird, like the re-release of news, which is sort of uh, old news, but new news. Um, Anyway, yeah. So that's um, um, that's that's the explanation uh, for that. But again, it was. So the thing that happened in February was a big deal. It was just not quite the, like, public big deal. It was, like, me personally celebrating my own little private victory over uh, uh, over the, the sort of the bureaucracy of the financial institutions. So uh, anyway, um, the other thing, of course, that has been going on at the same time has been the legislative process, because that's the other side, right? The state approval process is the program approval by the Higher Education Commission, and that's the major review. Right. That's the evaluation. Um, uh, You know, those are the experts. Those are our peers and other universities uh, who are, you know, examining our program and, 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 you know, voting that they deem that, you know, what we're doing is legit and everything. But the other part of the process is the legislative process. And this is the way this is set up. I mean, my reading of the New Hampshire uh, uh, statutes on this point is simply it's just it's a checks and balances thing. Right. Because. The Higher Education Commission and the Department of Education, those are all like in the executive branch, essentially, right? Um, And uh, New Hampshire, rather sensibly, in my opinion, wants the legislative branch to also have a say in the establishment of new schools, of new universities within the state of New Hampshire. So that's where the legislative process comes in. Um, So on the one hand, the desired outcome by the... um, legislature is super simple. It's very, very simple. Um, There is one aspect of the process that the legislature is in charge of, and that is that they have uh, the power to grant 
official to sort of uh, to grant official degree granting authority in the state of New Hampshire. Right. That's they they they, you know, when at graduation, you're like by the power vested in me by the state of New Hampshire. Right. You know, and I, like that. That's they're the ones who can confer that authority in the state of New Hampshire. So um, they need to grant that how that needs to happen is that they need uh, we have to pass a bill through. So that Signum University the, the, you know, the name of Signum University will be law. It will be in the state statutes of the state of New Hampshire. It will be passed into law. Um, a law granting, degree granting status uh, to Signum University. So it's really simple. The bill, which has been introduced, is literally one sentence long. It just says uh, awarding degree granting authority to Signum University. Like it's 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 like literally the shortest piece of legislation I think that it is possible to make. So that part is really simple. Um, and I have to admit that in the lead up to that process, I was well, I don't want to say deceived, as if someone deceived me. I deceived myself, if anything. Um, I deluded myself into believing that the whole process would be relatively simple, right? That it's, I mean, this is, it's, because it's, you know, it's kind of a pro forma thing, right? The, the Congress itself doesn't do any evaluation. Like, we don't have to, like, present them with a big document, you know, our 500-page document that they read and stuff. That stuff has already been done by the Higher Education Commission, Um so, you know, it's just kind of their job to sort of ratify this official thing through the legislation. Um, but the process is way more <laughs> complicated than I appreciated, especially since it's been, um, um, uh, uh, it has been, well, it's been interesting. It's been a long time since... This has happened in the state of New Hampshire. No higher, no, um, uh, uh, no institution of higher education has had degree granting status awarded in the state of New Hampshire in 15 years, and that was for a branch campus being opened uh, in New Hampshire of an existing uh, uh, university, a foreign university, actually. Um, the first, the last time there was a new, like just a new native New Hampshire university, which is what how we are incorporating uh, uh, Signum here in the state of New Hampshire. It's been, I don't even know how long, it's been at least 30, maybe 40 years since that happened. Um, so what that means, and this is the part that I didn't fully take into account in advance, it means that pretty much no sitting legislator in the state of New Hampshire was around the last time it happened. So nobody actually in or connected to the Congress is in any way familiar with this process. So I had to lobby um, Congress people, and I, I, I started with senators. Um, I had to lobby senators. I had to cold call senators uh, to be like, hi, I'm president of the of Signum University. Would you sponsor our bill? And they're like, what? You know, the questions I was getting were things like, is this something that we do? Like, they didn't know. I mean, why should they, right? This just hasn't come up. Um, especially, and this was even further complicated by the fact that um, a lot of these senators were brand new. Like, this had to be done. In order for the legislation to be introduced in this session, they had to submit the bill within, like, two weeks of being, of, like, election day. I mean, it was right, right after election day. So I'm cold-calling, not only just cold-calling senators, I'm cold-calling senators who have been in office for, like, days, literally days. They just won the election, 
Uh, and there was a bunch of turnover in the New Hampshire uh, Senate this year. It shifted from, a, from Republican to Democrat this year. So there were a bunch of new seats and a bunch of new senators. So I got, and some of them, I'm, so I'm calling them up. They hadn't even given them committee assignments. I'm trying to figure out who's on the education committee because they're the ones who should introduce the bill. And like, we, I, I couldn't even find out. Anyway, it was it was crazy, complicated. Um, many, many thanks to Senator Starr of Franconia, New Hampshire, uh, way up in the North Country of New Hampshire, the the uh, the, the the northernmost Senate district, uh, uh, up in the, uh, the 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 the, uh, the 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 freezing north of New Hampshire. Um, uh, he was a brand new senator this year, uh, and right after he took office, you know, he uh, took my call and was willing to uh, sponsor the bill. Uh, without him, it definitely wouldn't have happened in this session. His willingness to do it really uh, made this all possible. So I'm very, very grateful to Senator Starr uh, up there from northern New Hampshire. Um, a couple other senators signed on to it, Senator Ward and also one of the uh, uh, one of the House reps as well. Um, and uh, anyway, so we got the bill uh, introduced uh, into, into, into the Senate. When this completes the process, right? So it has to pass through the Senate and it has to pass through the House. And of course, it meant that means uh, it had to go. So first I had to recruit a sponsor. Then I had to try to recruit co-sponsors, which 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 we did get a few co-sponsors. Then I had then it had to uh, we had to go to our, our Senate hearing. So, again, if you're following uh, us on social media, you'll remember where I was. I was tweeting about this a couple weeks back uh, when a couple Signum students uh, uh, came with me. Uh, a couple other of our New Hampshire folks, um, New Hampshire residents who came and testified before the Senate Education Committee hearing uh, about Signum, and I was able to answer questions of, from the uh, uh, from the Senate Education Committee. Um, our bill ended up getting passed unanimously out of the committee, and so appeared on the floor of the Senate um, in a very brief and slightly anticlimactic vote. Um, uh, uh, at the beginning, in the early morning uh, of the, you know, the, the morning session of um, Thursday, the 21st of, uh, of March, just last week. Um, so that was done. Um, so it has now officially passed through the Senate and now it has to go to the House. Right. So the next step is going to be the House Education Committee hearing. Uh, and then uh, presumably will they will then go from there, assuming it passes out of the House Education Committee, uh, will then go to a vote uh, before the House. Uh, and then when that is completed, then it will go uh, uh, to the governor for his signature. And my little one sentence bill uh, will be passed into law and that process will be done. I know, Brandon, doesn't it sound so simple in Schoolhouse Rock, right? And you have no idea how many times I've gone over the Schoolhouse Rock song about how a bill becomes a law. Um, in order to uh, uh, in order to, to 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 remember how all this is supposed to happen, but um, yeah, Tony, I will have to testify in the House. Well, in the House Committee, um, I don't think I'll be testifying before the uh, before the 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 fl- you know in, in the floor of the House. Um, <laughs> the little known fact: the New Hampshire House of Representatives is the third largest parliamentary body in the world. 
there are more members. The only two parliamentary bodies, sitting parliamentary bodies on planet Earth that have more members than the House of Representatives of the state of New Hampshire are the Indian Parliament and the, the British House of Commons. Um, uh, we have uh, New Hampshire has a ridiculous number of representatives. It's like we have like 460 representatives uh, of the, of the in, in the state of New Hampshire. Um, so I don't think I'm going to have to be testifying before the entire House, uh, but I will be before the House Education Committee again. Um, it's it's uh, going to be the Education the House Education Committee. I think I'm not. I don't remember if it has any other names other than the education committee um (laughs) yes that's not quite the entire population of the state of new hampshire um but the ratio of citizens to representatives uh in the government is um small (laughs) in the state of new hampshire no question it's like 2,000 to one? Like, we have a, uh, one rep for at most every 2,000 people in the state. I mean, it's really... Uh, uh, we 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 are... <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, if it means we're enthusiastic about or highly distrustive of the representative process. I don't know. But um, uh, it's... Um, uh, anyway, that's how it is in the state of New Hampshire. So that, that is the next stage of that particular adventure. I am hoping, so this process began essentially at the end of December. The bill was introduced in January. Um, There was a bit of a delay in committee. It was in committee for about a month and a half, waiting in committee, I should say, in a month and a half before it came up for the hearing. Um, uh, Mostly just because there's no budget attached to this bill, right? So they had to first prioritize bills that they first prioritize the discussion of bills, uh, that had budgetary implications so that they could work that out with the budgetary committees. Um, since ours is such a simple bill that didn't require any state expenses, uh, they, um, uh, they were able, they, 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 they kept it later, which makes sense to me. Um, so I'm not quite sure what the schedule is in the house, but I am certainly hoping, um, but yeah, exactly, Tony. Uh, it is almost like the state of New Hampshire said, "Like, okay, uh, there will be no taxation without representation here, right?" Absolutely, Washington D.C. Eat your heart out. Um, I mean, the city of Washington D.C., not the federal government. Um, uh, yeah, no, uh, plenty of representation in the state of New Hampshire. Um, so uh, anyway. That's, um, that's, oh yeah, oh, and the other fun thing about um, the New Hampshire legislature, every public, every elected official in the state of New Hampshire, including the senators and the governor, are, re- are up for re-election every two years. Like, every single elected seat is up for re-election every two years. Uh, so there's, like, massive turnover all the time. Uh, so again, that kind of makes this process uh, really... Uh, uh, really especially fun. But it should come through this session. I'm not sure exactly the date of that. Uh, Serena, I am certainly hoping that the process will be done by the time we get to Mythmoot. I am I am certainly hoping for that. Um, you know, we still have about three months before that point, so um, we should be able to get through the legislative process, I think, by then. Um, and that'll be, um, that'll be great. That'll be really, uh, that'll be really fun. Um, anyway, so that's 
where things are. That's the only thing left. So we're halfway through, basically halfway through the legislative process there. I feel like it's more than halfway through because the process of getting this thing started was a very big chunk of the process. So if you count that as one part and passing the Senate as the next part, we're really like two thirds of the way through. There's just a house to go. Um, so Kate, yes, there will be opportunities to write. Many people did write in to the, uh, Senate committee, which was great. I believe that everything that they had, that everything, all the written testimony that they received, um, both from those of us who showed up live, we also submitted written versions of the testimony that we were giving, uh, before the committee, uh, live. Um, and of course, people who also wrote into this, um, that I believe will be passed along. I got to confirm with, people my uh many thanks also to the um the, the to me who the the people who have made this process possible for me are the senatorial aides oh man like the full-time staffers uh who work to to assist the senators there's a lot of turnover among the senators but the 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 assistants have much longer institutional memory. So they have been the ones who have been really helping me through this process and I'm super grateful uh for their um for their assistance. Um, and yes, thank you, Curtis. I was hoping that you would post that. If you give me a second here, I will post, um, the link just in case you don't have it, uh, the link to the website. Cause there is a website which is kept pretty current. Actually, it was updated within, um, hours really of the committee meeting. Um, uh, here is the, uh, official website for our bill. Uh, which you can look at. I just posted it in Twitch there, and I will post it here on GoToWebinar as well uh, so that you guys can all see that. Um, yeah, so that's the... Um, uh, you can you can, you can can monitor the progress there, so you'll be able to see the, the, the next thing that should be posted should be the, uh, the, com- the House Committee hearing time. Um, but I hope to have more information on that pretty soon. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's going to be, um, uh, that's, that's, that's the next stage in that process. And when that process is done, we will be completely done with establishing ourselves in the state of New Hampshire. Okay. Every time I make a statement like that, I then think of like, of course, there's always one more thing to be done. There is one more thing, but it's, it's, it's not like the other things. The other thing that we're doing is officially shifting our incorporation to the state of New Hampshire. And you can imagine how much fun that is working with New Hampshire, Delaware, and the IRS to get that all sorted out and shift our incorporation from Delaware to New Hampshire. It's complicated, but underway, uh, and we'll be making that happen too. But in any case, th- these are the big things. The legislature and the Higher Education Commission are the big things, um, uh, and that will all be completely finished by, hopefully, before Myth Mood, which means it is almost time for the next step. So the next step, of course, is accreditation. And we're going to be, we are in the process of applying for accreditation now. Um, As always, of course, I have to emphasize that um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're applying for accreditation. That is the part that is in our power. Of course, we, you know, have no idea how that process is going to go. Um, we are confident going into it. I am really looking forward to, you know, especially after the really positive experience we had uh, with the state of New Hampshire, I'm really looking forward to the comprehensive review process. Uh, the, you know, the next comprehensive review that's going to come along with the accreditation review. Um, I think that that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. And uh, I am uh, 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 really looking forward to that. I cannot answer the question of when accreditation would be likely to happen. I can't tell you that because, that, again, that's not in my control. And uh, I, 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 I cannot say. What I will say is the accrediting body which we've chosen to apply to, which... Uh, I also can't tell you, by the way, so don't ask. Um, the other, um, the, the accrediting body that we have chosen to apply to, one of the things that uh, really led me to choose, uh, you know, them as our accrediting body uh, is that their time frame for evaluation I consider very reasonable. Um, there are other accrediting bodies whose time frames I do not consider reasonable. This one is reasonable. So it's one of the things that I really liked about them. One of the reasons I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, to working with them more as we continue through this process. So we are, uh, we're on the cusp of the next adventure of the, of the next stage in the journey here. Um, and this year, 2019 is a big year and going to be a really big year as we continue to move forward, as we, you know, complete and finalize all of the final details there of, um, of the state process, right, culminating there in the legislature and with the massive vote from the House of Representatives, hopefully in a matter of uh, uh, weeks or at least months, uh, and then that will be uh, totally finished. Um, we are then, of course, at the same time looking towards launching uh, the accreditation process going through, an, uh, you know, sometime in the next unknown number of months, but not a very large number, uh, we're looking at um, going through another comprehensive review process. Going through that thing, which is traditionally uh, and sort of colloquial referred, colloquially referred to as the site visit, which of course always kind of gets air quotes when it comes to Signum University, as we don't have a site, exactly. Well, we have a website, I suppose, but we don't have a physical site. Um, but still, that has... Um, um, that has not, uh, you know, stopped us from uh, being certainly didn't stop us in the state of New Hampshire from being able to do the comprehensive review. And I, I have no doubts that it will not stop us as we move forward uh, from uh, uh, doing the comprehensive review. Uh, yes, Gene, it is certainly true that the first rule of accreditation is that you don't talk about accreditation. Um, I still have it's out of my arm's reach right now, but I still have a, a really funny mug that uh, one of the, uh, Rick Delp, one of the first uh, Signum team members who who was uh, beginning to help us put together uh, our accreditation stuff years ago. Um, uh, you know, as we began to sort of work towards this process, he he uh, he made a mug um, uh, which had the Signum accreditation team but he had the word accreditation blacked out <laughs> so it's just like the signum blank team yeah that's that's it that's exactly uh how it works and it's understandable I mean, let me just say i don't want to i don't i don't want to 
uh, just sort of tease the accrediting bodies for this. They do this for very good reasons. You know, one of the things that accrediting bodies are, of course, very and very rightly concerned about are institutions that are trying to deceive people, right? Institutions that are trying to pull the wool over the eyes of the consumers. That is certainly one of the very, very first things that accrediting bodies should be guarding against. And one of the things that, you know, untrustworthy and disreputable educational institutions or putative educational institutions are likely to do are play shell games with their accreditation status and try to talk in certain ways in order to make it sound like to make people think that they're accredited when they're not. So the accrediting bodies are really cautious about this. You know, if we were to if if I were to say, like, we expect to be accredited by this date, right? Well, then it sounds like, well, we're pretty much there already, right? Well, but it's not definite. So it would be dishonest to say that. So I got it. I, you know, I joke about it, but I, you know, I, I, it is definitely a serious thing that we need to, um, um, we need to, uh, uh, you, you know, that I, I, I definitely respect at the same time that we kind of make jokes about it. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly, Jen. They want us to respect our potential students. Um, <laughs> oh, Jen, your name is different. I didn't recognize you. Um, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so let me talk a little bit for a second here about what this, what is also kind of going on here at the same time. Um, so... When I originally thought about applying for going through the accreditation process, my initial thought was, well, that won't be so hard. (laughs) That is, we've done the state process, right? We did a great deal of work preparing for the comprehensive review with the state. And I was very happy with the, you know, 450-page document that we assembled and delivered to them. Um, I know that, of course, larger universities have, like, volumes and volumes and volumes of documentation that they submit. But we're a small program with one degree, right? It's not like uh, the process is for a whole big university. University, um, you know, which with with lots of schools and, you know, dozens of majors and everything else. Um, ours is a small and yet. Right. We had our big 450 page uh, book that we handed in. So my initial thought when I was preparing, you know, when I was thinking towards the next stage of pre- preparing for accreditation was, well, we we've done all that work. Right. The questions that the accreditors ask are not exactly the same. That is, things are structured differently. They ask about some things that New Hampshire didn't. Uh, They don't ask about some things that New Hampshire did. So obviously, there's going to need to be some revision, right? We're going to need to to, to recast a bunch of the stuff. But but we've basically done, you know, most of that groundwork, right? So it won't be that that hard uh, to to produce the new material. Well, um, that's... Here's the interesting thing that here's what happened on the way to the accreditation document. Um, the thing that so from the perspective of us, right, from the perspective of Signum University, what credentialing means, there are some ways in which credentialing is merely the affirmation of what we've always done, right? We've always believed in our program. We've always believed in, you know, the, uh, we, 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 we don't need 
other people to tell us that our program is okay. We know our program is okay, right? We know our program is good. We know that we're doing a good job for our students. So in part, the credentialing process is sort of an affirmation, right? An external affirmation and uh, obviously an important step for other sort of formal and legal and bureaucratic reasons. Um, but for us, what it means more than anything else is it is a, it is a time of transition, right? Signum has been, as you guys know, you guys, you know, many of you who are attending now know this better than, than a lot of, than, than many people, right? Signum has been a, a, a startup from scratch experimental institution, right? We've been in startup mode for the last seven years, and there are a lot of ways in which we still operate like a startup. Um, and the transitioning point, the credentialing point right now, that's when we're tra- that is the transitioning point from, you know, our living life as a wild and crazy startup to our beginning to establish ourselves uh, as a more grown up institution, um, transitioning into a, uh, a, a more sort of professional organization. It's going to enable us to grow and expand in certain ways, which will provide us the opportunity uh, to um to really have a firmer foundation and put things into a more um, uh, sort of less ad hoc structure. So one of the things that's been happening as I've been going through and revising that. So the document that we assembled last year for the state of New Hampshire was really, it was the description of where we were and everything that we had accomplished to that point. Right. So there's a, Uh, what I've been finding in practice is that the state of New Hampshire document was in that sense, kind of backward looking, right? Um, where we, where, where we, where we were, where we have been the point that we have gotten up to, right? Um, but what I've found is that having passed that, right, having, um, gotten the approval of the state of New Hampshire, it has already begun in a lot of ways. Um, it has, triggered us to begin thinking, and of course, some of the questions that the accreditors ask uh, in their uh, in their documentation, you know, in their standards, have also prompted me um, to begin thinking forward a little bit more. Um, instead of just saying, here's sort of like the final state of our startup institution, to be saying instead, here is the beginning of our permanent institution, right? Here are the foundations of what we're building, um, and here is our plan for how we're building it, right? Um, There was a sense in which one of the messages of our, uh, you know, the document that we delivered to the state was, here's what we've done, and we deserve to be passed through this, you know, we deserve to be approved so that we can begin the transition into the, 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 the next stage of our existence. That was kind of the message of our state document. Our accreditation document is shaping up instead to be, here's our plan for the next stage, right? Having already passed through the first step of that, we are now beginning this concrete planning towards the institution that we plan to become, that we will be enabled to become with the completion of this second step. And thus, it's been a little more complicated uh, than the sort of more simple revision process than I had initially um, uh, than I had initially anticipated. 
at a future State of the University address. I look forward to the next State of the University address where I will be introducing to you some of these changes to give you uh, some more of a uh, of a concrete idea. And it's not changes. It's not that Signum is, is changing. It's... Um, it's more, it's more like, sorry, I've been uh, spending a lot of time with my youngest son, Matthias, this past weekend, who came with me to Orlando to Sunshine Moot. It was fantastic uh, and uh, uh, great to have him with me. Uh, Sunshine Moot was awesome. And the day before Sunshine Moot, we got to go to uh, uh, Universal Studios in Orlando and, and, and visit the Harry Potter stuff down there, go to Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade. It was his 11th birthday, so uh, I took him to Diagon Alley. It was awesome. Anyway, we had a great time, but I was spent all weekend with my younger sons, which means I'm thinking about Pokemon because that's what we talk about a lot. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like a Pokemon evolution, right? Like as we are evolving, uh, into, uh, you know, the thing that Signum is, is going to be becoming, that's what I, that's what we're describing. That's what we're going to be, uh, sort of showing them. Here's, here's our, here are our concrete plans, uh, for what's coming. Um, anyway, that hasn't uh, fully happened yet, but I'm looking for, you know, we're, we're, we're still, there are a bunch of things that we're still ironing out and kind of deciding on and, and, uh, uh, and making sure that we're all on board for the plan, right, as we move forward. Um, but um, but that's, that's what, as I say, at the next State of the University address, that's, that's the next thing I plan to do is to sh- sort of show you what is the next evolution of Signum University? What is, you know, phase two is the vocabulary I've been using. Phase one being the startup phase. Phase two being this... Uh, phase where we're really building our foundation, you know, where we're solidifying what Signum is and establishing the pattern of who we want to be and how we want to be moving into the future as a, you know, secure, permanent institution. Um, but uh, anyway, so that's that's um, um, that's what we're uh, um, that's what we're planning. That's what's kind of underway. So in some ways, it's kind of delayed the process a little bit. It's been taking longer than I expected it to. But I think in the end, it's going to be it's it's going to be really it will certainly be good to have been. It is certainly good uh, to be working through all of this stuff now. And I think it's going to make a big difference as we move through the accreditation process. so uh, let me just pause for a second to take a couple questions here, um, and, and please do type uh, into either Twitch or into the questions box and go to webinar. Um, any questions that you have, I will try to answer the ones that I can answer um, about the accreditation process. Um, a question that came in uh, from Jace about the say is accreditation retroactive? Well, let me explain uh, how that works. So accreditation. One of the reasons why this whole process is as challenging as it is, is that both the state approval process and the accreditation process are the approval of a thing which exists. Like, neither one of them is designed to be at the beginning of the thing, right? You don't get accredited before you start, and then you know, you begin with an accredited program because accreditors won't accredit a concept. Like, you can't come to them and be like, I'm starting a school. Will you accredit me so I can keep going? They will say, no, you've got to, like, show us. a. Pro- we will review an existing program and tell you whether or not your program meets our standards. Right? That's how it works. Which means when you're starting up a program completely from scratch, you must first contrive to make it exist. Right? And bring it to the point where it will meet their standards, then they will review it and they will bestow accreditation upon you. So when 
a, when an institution like ours, a brand new institution, receives institutional accreditation from uh, from an accrediting body, what that means, like by granting accreditation, what they're saying is the program that has been running, right? The program that, that this institution has been running meets our standards, right? That's what, that's what that means. So that's the best way I know how to, uh, how to explain that issue. Um, so yeah. Um, so moving forward, that's kind of a good thing up to this point. It's been pretty awkward. I mean, you know, goodness knows the story of, um, uh, the story of the, you know, getting Signum to this point has been, you know, an exercise in how far you can get the cart out in front of the horse uh, because it's been, you know, the number of times we have been trapped in various complicated catch-22 situations has been, it's been frequent, uh, frequent. And a number of those, by the way, were some of the things I was wrestling with uh, during the fall and over the winter, um, trying to sort out the the final uh, uh, steps with the whole financial thing with the Higher Education Commission. Um, but anyway, we're all good. Everything everything's all set now. And and again, it's uh, it is a relief even just to be at the point even before you know, we have officially begun the review with the accreditors, just getting to this point, being here where we're ready to be reviewed is so exciting. Uh, and it will be really good to be mostly done, hopefully with the, uh, uh, catch 22 kind of situation. Um, so Tony, great question. How much am I planning to do, uh, you know, more media and writing about this process and the concept behind Signum? Um, I, I, much more, certainly, especially as we move through in particular, Tony, I think the primary moment for that will be if and when we are able to announce that our accreditation review has been successful, which keep in mind, I am not guaranteeing will happen. Should we pass our review and be accredited, which is not guaranteed, um, then at that point, you know, um, at that uh, hopeful future date, uh, should we receive accreditation, then that's really the time when we would look to be uh, look to be doing that. Um, and this is more than just a question of um, uh, um, this is more than just a question about publicity for Signum. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, publicity for Signum is a good thing, and I'm keen for that. Um, but to me, that's not even the thing. I mean, from the beginning, one of the, I mean, and I've talked about this before, one of the things that motivated me, really probably the, 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 the thing without which I never would have done it. I, I never would have actually taken the step of, you know, quitting my tenure job and everything and, 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 and moving ahead with Signum in that way. Um, I don't think I would have done that had I not been motivated by my very serious desire to have an impact on the broader higher education world, that is namely the student debt crisis, uh, because it, it was something that was really weighing on me, on my conscience. It, it's, it's a big deal to me. It's a cause that really matters a lot to me. I hate to see how American students are suffering um, in financial debt. I mean, student debt is the biggest cause of personal debt in America right now. That is wrong. That shouldn't be. Um, and Signum 
has an answer to it. I'm not saying it's the only answer. I'm not saying it's, you know, the way that we do things is how everybody should do it. What I am saying, though, is that we have a model that we've shown works. Um, and I believe it will continue to work as we continue to grow and expand and scale. Um, and I want to talk about that. I, I want to, you know, I mean, I've been feeling this way ever since the 2012 presidential campaign. Right. I remember in because those of you with long memories will recall that our very first semester uh, with, uh, uh, you know, our Signum classes was in the fall of 2011. Um, So during that time, right when we were just beginning, we were in like primary time. Um, It was it was presidential election time. People, you know, uh, uh, the candidates were in primaries and everything else. Um, And we. uh, I remember that was the first election that I ever recall student, the student debt issue and college tuition being a campaign talking point. Um, I, I'd never really heard um, politicians on the national stage really talking about that prior to the to that time around 2011. And I remember people, you know, candidates saying things like, oh, you know, this is what we need. We need, you know, so I remember this, you know, one candidate whose name eludes me at the moment. Um um, wasn't it? I forget his name. It was that Texas governor, I think, who was like saying colleges should have tuition under 10000 We should make a way for colleges to have tuition under $10,000 a year, by which I assume he meant some kind of government subsidy or something. Um, yeah, yeah, Rick Perry, that was it. Yeah, it was him. He was the one who was saying that. He, he threw out a number, 10000 or 5000 or something like that. Um, this is what college tuition should cost, and we should totally make that happen. And I'm sitting here, right? We just started Signum, right? We just started Signum and I'm doing this. And I'm like, um, hey, we, we're we doing that, right? We can make that happen. Um, we can, we can, and, and we don't need government subsidies, right? Without costing any taxpayer money, we can make this happen. And we can, and we're, we, we, we are, and we will. Um, so anyway, that's, um, I would love I, I that this is a discussion that needs to happen. And, you know, Signum, we're small. Even when we get through our credentialing process, we're really small. We have one program. Our one program is irrelevant to most people. You know, we're not uh, that is to say they're just there's a you know, we're a niche market. Right. Um we're not like one of those mainstream come to Signum University and get your MBA, right? Or like get your nursing degree or whatever, you know, the way that other online programs do. We don't do that, right? That's not what we're about. Um, and yet what we are is a proof of concept, right? What we are is a model that works and it works better than most everybody else's model uh, that we have. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's a big, um, um, I think it's a, it's a big deal, and I think it's really worth talking about. So, Tony, that's the other reason why I am really keen uh, to st- – that's what I want to engage with. You know, I want to – but we can't really do this. Until we pass the accrediting point, we're not going to – basically, we can't expect to be taken sufficiently seriously, I think, to really kind of put ourselves forward on the national stage, right, uh, as part of this conversation. But when we do that, Yeah. That's when we're going to be ready to do that, and I'm going to be excited about that. You know, Tony, the idea of writing a book about this is really interesting. Um, I like the idea. Not sure I could do it myself, uh, time-wise, but yeah, it's um, 
it's um yeah, yeah, Tony, I agree. Tony says he thinks uh, our model is best for saving liberal arts education. Certainly, it is one of the things that has been distinctive about Signum all along um, is that we're able to, to uh, you know, to do this with humanities courses, right? Um, and uh, to have a model which really can, because liberal arts and uh, uh, humanities are, um, you know, struggling. Anyway. We'll be part of that conversation, and uh, you know, one way and another, we'll we'll sort of get back to that. It's my hope that uh, twenty twenty we'll see a bunch of those conversations. Um, I hope, but we'll see. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, let me come back around to the immediate future and what we're facing here, um, because of course there's one last element in all this, of course, which we've talked about before, and which. I, you know, we need to talk about again, uh, and that's finances, right? I shared with you guys last year how remarkably expensive uh, this process is. That, of course, is another factor which led us to uh, choosing the accrediting body that we are applying to because their fees are also comparatively reasonable. Um, but anyway, um, uh, let me just review kind of where we've been and where we are with our credentialing fund, uh, because you guys were absolutely spectacular last year. So let me just review. Remember what happened last year? So here's what happened last year. Uh, first, a review of how much it cost us to... Um, this is the, the actual cost at the end of the day. There were some things that we weren't sure about last year when we were starting in with the process. This is These are the actual costs that we paid to the state of New Hampshire last year in 2018 uh, to get everything settled. And it was basically in two parts. There was the overall New Hampshire incorporation fee, which ironically doesn't actually have anything to do with our technical incorporation. But rather, that's just sort of like... I don't know, it's like the membership fee or whatever. In order to start up a university in the state, it costs $10,000. And then the comprehensive review, which was the site visit, that was the whole process of review with the Department of Education, cost it to all, everything put together, it cost $7,986.72. So the total amount that we spent, $17,000, so just under $18,000 of what it cost us to get our state approval from the state of New Hampshire. We raised last year $31,000. You guys were so generous. And we raised $31,000 last year, uh, last April, towards our credentialing fund, which means we were able to pay all of the, um, the New Hampshire fees without any problems at all. And we still have, after all of that is done, $13,031.28 left over uh, from our credentialing fund. So that is absolutely awesome. You guys were spectacular last year. Here is the next step. So here's what accreditation costs. Keep in mind, this is the reasonable version. Okay, so it costs us $4,500 to apply. There is an initial assessment stage, which is not the site visit. It's a preliminary stage, and that costs $3,750. The comprehensive review is more expensive than it was in New Hampshire, and that costs 
$22,250. That is by far the biggest ticket uh, uh, in the whole process here. We do have to pay another fee to the state of New Hampshire because during the accreditation process, the state of New Hampshire, uh, the, by state law, they need to have an observer who's also involved, basically just to make sure that everything is above board. I think they will be sort of our ally in that process, really. Um, I'm very happy. You know, this is, seems all perfectly reasonable to me. That's going to cost us about another $1,800. So the final, the bottom line, it will cost us $32,300 for the initial accreditation application process. So that's what will get us in the door uh, for the accreditors. There are future considerations after that, like the annual fees uh, and dues, both fees and dues. They both happen separately. It's not a synonym. They're two separate categories of things. But that's not what I'm worried about right now. What I'm worried about right now is the what, what this process is going to cost us, what, what we're going to be paying over the next nine months or so. $32,300. So, as you can see, um, we have our the net monies that we have left over from last year uh, uh, that we can put towards that, which still puts us at $19,268 that we still need to complete our credentialing fund and get us all the way through the accreditation process and firmly into phase two of the Signum development. So that's where we are. Uh, that's what our uh, that's that's what our need is. Again, we raised $30,000 last year. Absolutely wonderful. Um, you guys, you guys are just uh, outdid yourselves last year. We only need twenty thousand dollars this year, so comparatively simple because we still have a bunch uh, left over from before. Um, let me uh, show you the ways that you can uh, that you can help out with this. So, if you go to the Signum University homepage, you will see you will see this, and if you go to the donate button here, uh, the donate menu. Um, the credentialing fees um, uh, page there at the top uh, is the uh, uh, is the place to see this. So you can see here's where you can see this chart that I just put up here as for what our credit our our credentialing costs are. And of course, down at the bottom is our donation form. Uh, the Signum, if you if you sort of make it out to the Signum credentials, we make sure it goes into the credentialing fund there. Um, and of course, you can you can donate any amount. You can make a recurring donation as well. Um, I would emphasize that any donation that is made now will be added. So if you, if you donated earlier on or you have a, an ongoing monthly donation or something, should you give any, uh, any money further that gets added to, you know, for the sake, uh, for the sake of our donor appreciation program, um, which you can, you know, check out on this page. They, they, it all gets added up. Everything that's been given since August 1st uh, gets added up for the, uh, the, the different uh, gifts that we like to give in exchange for the uh, donations that, uh, uh, that we receive. Um, so that all is included there. But uh, but yeah, so just for those of you who are only listening, uh, the address is signumuniversity.org slash fund slash donate slash credentials uh, in order to in order to see this. But as I say, you can navigate to it fairly simply as well. Um, so anyway, this is um, uh, this is this is where we are. This is this is what our needs are. This is such an exciting time. Um, and, you know. The way that you guys have helped us through the credentialing, financially helped us through the credentialing process, um, 
has been inspiring all by itself. This was something that really caught the attention of um, uh, of the state, I think. Um, I mean, I remember some conversations where we were going over the fees, right? And I kind of got the impression that um, the state officials I was talking to were kind of feeling out like, are you going to be able to pay this? Or they didn't say that, right? But that was kind of what, you know, they, they were like, so uh, we wanted to make sure that you were aware, like, don't waste our time. Make sure you're not applying if you can't afford to pay the fees, right? Because this is, we want to make sure that you know this is what it's going to cost. Um, and I was on the one hand able to tell them like, yeah, so we don't have a, an endowment. You know, we don't, we're, we're, we're startup grassroots organization, but I can pay those fees. No problem. Want me to write you a check right now? I can do that. Right. Uh, because our people are so awesome and they just rallied to this cause and, and, and enabled this to happen. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was, it, it was, it was something that really came up. Um, something they were really impressed by, uh, during that process last year. And goodness knows it was a huge inspiration to me, uh, throughout last year. So, um, anyway, so that's, that's, that's where we are again. We are, um, you know, if you look at the whole big picture, adding up the New Hampshire fees and the uh, uh, the accreditation fees, it totals right around forty thousand dollars total. No, fifty thousand dollars total. Um, right, right around fifty thousand dollars total with the two processes combined, and we raised thirty thousand dollars, thirty-one thousand dollars last year. Um, so, anyway, that's um, uh, that's. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're 60% of the way, uh, th- uh, through our, uh, through our costs there. So I would just ask, you know, if you, if you think you might be able to help to support us here, you know, we need to find a way to make it through here, right? We need to find a way to make it through this process. And once we do, things are going to be different. As I said, that's what I'm in the midst of, right? Is, mapping out and modeling what does the new world look like, this new world on the other side of the credentialing process, um, which is going to enable some really big, exciting things. Even the state uh, uh, the state process has opened some really interesting opportunities. Um, we have... Uh, um, so anyway, just, yeah, we're, we're, we're already beginning to expand in some ways, which I think is, uh, is, is really exciting to see. And certainly um, that is going to, uh, be able to increase by an order of magnitude uh, once we complete the accreditation process as well, assuming we we complete the accreditation process as well, which I am not, in fact, assuming. But should that happen, uh, it will create lots of opportunities. Um, any final questions that you guys have? I don't want to take up all night. I know I've been going on for a long time, and there's a lot more that I could talk about and explain, um, but I wanted to uh, uh, to make sure to answer any questions that you guys had. And like I said, there, uh, part of me really wanted to share some of the ideas and visions that I have for how I see Signum growing uh, after this and the things that are going to be happening. Um, uh, but I... Um, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I, first of all, I don't want to make this a three hour long thing. Uh, and secondly, I don't want to, I don't want to step ahead of the process. I want to make sure that, you know, we have everybody at Signum going in the same direction, making sure that we're all in agreement about this stuff before I go, uh, spouting off about my ideas and, and, and thoughts and visions here. Um, but, um, 
anyway, that's uh, uh, so. But but we'll do that soon. I promise. I promise. I'll come back and uh, uh, show you some of these things um, uh, soon, which is going to be exciting. One thing that I can. Um, um, uh, one thing that I can kind of mention, I guess, one of the things that uh, that we are planning on um, uh, down the road here in a few years, uh, we are planning on developing an undergraduate program. And I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited about offering bachelor's degrees, um, bachelor's degrees in our area of study in language and literature. Um, so for people who would really love to have a bachelor's degree studying language, studying literature, uh, with a focus on Tolkien studies, on medieval literature, on fantasy and science fiction, on Germanic philology, um, uh, you know that's uh, that's going to happen. That's something that we're really uh, that we're looking to build uh, here. Um, not instantly, right? Not in uh, not on day one. Um, you know, not 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 starting this fall. Um, you know, it's going to be a process to 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 put that in place. Um, but th- we're definitely uh, thinking in those directions, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, my goal is to. Uh, is to build an undergraduate program that I personally would have like, <laughs> you know, sacrificed almost anything to attend. Uh, you know, the, the, the sort of undergraduate program that would have personally made me swoon, uh, as a high school student, uh, is what I'm, uh, is what I'm hoping to, uh, uh, to build. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really great. Um, so, um, anyway, that's one, just one little little sort of taste of uh, of one of the things that's coming and that we're excited about and looking forward to. Um, Tony asks, "Is there a deadline by which the new funds are required?" Well, yes, in a sense, though. Um, uh, I mean, absolutely. Like, I will need to have them uh, like the day that we do the site visit, but I don't know when that is. So, um, I, you know, I will say therefore. We really should, if it's possible, raise this in the next couple months um, to be on the safe side, so that we can make sure that we're we have everything uh, together there. Um, anyway, so that's that's um, uh, it's, a, it's a great question, Tony. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think so. And let me specify for those who are uh, perhaps watching this asynchronously. It's uh, uh, today. By the way, happy Gondorian New Year, everybody. Um, it's Gondorian New Year today. It's uh, March 25th. Um, uh, so anyway, um, uh, sometime before, you know, like by June, ideally, is uh, when we really should have this uh, 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 together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, as, uh, Curtis says, uh, the answer to when you need the money is always now for a nonprofit. Yeah, true enough. But no, I mean, this is, um, unlike the fall campaign, this is not for operating expenses. You know, this is not part of our annual budget. This is really just for this project. So, um, you know, if we kind of go back, so I'll just put this away here. If we go back, um, the application fee is going to be due very soon, like these, these first, this first clump, we're going to be, uh, paying very soon. Um, the comprehensive review, the big ticket item, this is of course where we need most of the money, right? Um, the money that we already have will cover these first two bits. Um, this is the bit that we need to save up in. And, and I'm not hundred percent sure when we're going to be scheduled for that. We will see, um, what, um, what happens there. But again, so sooner is better than later, uh, in, uh, 
uh, in that. So yeah, so Katriana, the uh, wheels I can't talk about uh, much are already in motion. Yes, yes, um, things are already moving uh, there, um, and we're uh, I'm I'm plowing forward as quickly as we can uh, towards that. Of course, when um, uh, uh, we're not yet at submission day, well, submission day is a little bit different uh, in. Uh, uh, in this stage than it was in the previous stage because because of this initial assessment thing right so there's like a couple different stages of submission uh but we'll uh anyway i will keep you posted on how we go through and especially if you pay attention to our social media and stuff um you know we'll 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 talk about milestones that we achieve we can't discuss too much of the details of this process um because again if we if we start you know like bragging publicly about passing the first hurdle, right? Then it could be seen as, you know, by somebody as us saying that we have been accredited before we have, right? So again, we need to be careful about that, not only for the sake of, uh, you know, not angering the accrediting bodies, but again, just to make sure we don't cause any confusion or misunderstanding or misapprehension among, uh, among our people, right? Among, among our, among our, our, uh, our, our, our audience. Um, but anyway, um, exactly, Tim. The board is set. The pieces are moving. That's exactly. That's exactly it. Couldn't have said it better, Tim. That's that's precisely the situation. Um, yeah. So, um, thanks everybody, not only for attending and for listening uh, and for following along with this. Thanks for coming along on this journey with me. Thanks for making this journey possible. You know, um, uh, I sometimes feel that. Uh, some when people say to me, as people sometimes do, like, "Oh, like what you've accomplished in, you know, starting up Signum is really, really impressive." And what I always say in response to that is, like, "What well, you know, nothing that we've done in Signum would be possible. I mean, this has not been a thing that I have done. It's a thing that we have all done together. And there is no way that we could have gotten anywhere close to this without people really believing in us, without people coming along on this journey with us." Um, and, you know, it's not, I'm not just like trying to deflect things. It's not false modesty. I, um, it's absolutely true. I mean, we, um, there is a, you know, a, a, like a founding person, like, right? Like somebody who, you know, donates the money or donates the land or whatever. Usually that's at the, at the, at the cornerstone of most universities, which, you know, end up getting named after their founding patron or whatever. Right. That's a pretty common story in the founding of universities in America. Um, but that's not Signum story, right? We don't have a patron like that. You know, we don't have, uh, you know, somebody who donated, you know, $20 million to found Signum university. Um, we have you guys, we have you guys who have all been, been, been listening and following along and encouraging and donating and supporting uh, and attending and everything along the way. Um, this has been such a, a, a community effort that it has been extremely, um, uh, extremely heartwarming all the way along. And I am super grateful for everything you guys have done. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for everything that you have done. Uh, thank you for in advance, uh, for all of your help, uh, in the credentialing process as we're moving forward. And, uh, we'll keep you guys posted on, uh, on how we're doing with this. So thanks everybody. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye now.